Today's episode featuring Michael Lacey from Winning to Wealth is brought to you by Debt.com. Testing, one, two, three. Good. Testing. Let me test my voice now. No oh, clipping. We're you're good. You're a little louder. No, we're, well, I'm louder because I have a deeper voice. Do we have to not talk over each other? We can talk over each oh other. Oh my God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> that was good. Hey, it's Lisa, and I am back for another episode of the Mad Money Monster Show, and I am here with, as you might expect, Mr. Mad Money Monster, but today is different. We have a guest. Oh. Yes, we do. Michael Lacey from winningtowealth.com, and he has a pretty incredible story that he's going to share with us today. Do you know do you know his story? I do know his story. You know it's something big, right? Yeah, like, I think it's great. It's huge. It's a huge debt freedom story. He paid off $61,000 of debt, he and his wife, I should say, in 16 months. <laughs> How amazing is that? Michael, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today. <laughs> well, we are excited that you are excited and we want to have some fun and we want you to tell your story. Absolutely. <laughs> so before we get into it, though, give us a little just a quick rundown of what's going on with you now and and who you are so that our audience can be introduced to you. Absolutely. My name is Michael Lacey. I am a financial coach. I run a blog and a uh, upcoming podcast by the name of Winning to Wealth. And so um, this is my wheelhouse. I love talking about money every day, all day. Just It's what gets me excited. <laughs> well, you're in the right place because I feel the same way. <laughs> I don't know about my husband here. He's <laughs> he's along for the ride. Yeah, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> Yeah, but I, he's I good do this and uh, he's good entertainment. We'll, we'll talk, Michael, when it comes to me. I have some questions for you. So, Michael, if you don't mind, I, I really just want like your story arc, right? So let's go back to go back to the, you know, the beginning in your childhood. Like, I want to know what led to that sixty-one thousand dollars of of debt that you talk about. How did you get there? So when you were a child, let's start out with you know, how did you feel about money? What was modeled for you as money? Did you even think about money? So go ahead. Yeah, I, I actually thought about money a lot. Um, I thought about the fact that we didn't have much growing up. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> that was that was my experience in childhood. You know, I come from uh, poverty. Poverty is in my background. And so uh, money wasn't something that we talked about. You know, I come from a, a single parent household. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, again, we, we really didn't have any conversations about money other than, hey, we don't have money for that or, you know, something along those lines. And right. so that that was the gist of kind of how I grew up, you know, I mean, that was up until I would say around my freshman year of high school uh, when my mom actually got married and we became a two income household and there was a little bit more wiggle room. And so we got to start having a little bit of fun when I was in high school. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Mad Money Monster, he actually has a similar kind of situation as well. He had a um, a single parent yeah. for, for a time and kind of, kind of similar situation. And I actually, we all kind of grew up in poverty, right? We're all, we're in good company here. Yeah. I, I think all three of us <laughs> we, probably have, uh, we can relate. Absolutely. So as a child, did you see, um, like your other, like your friends having things that you didn't have? Did you see that kind of thing? And did it make you feel a certain way? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, being a kid, I mean, we did have cable somehow, but you know, <laughs> you see the commercials and and all these things yes. and all the toys and the shoes and um, all these great things that that look so enticing, and it just looks like and feels like, man, if I just had that, like I would be so awesome and I would feel so great about myself and and what's going on in my life. And uh, so going back to my childhood, I mean, that was that's what I remember the most is is just those moments of just longing for something more, longing for something better, but then also coming outside and seeing my friends have those things. And I was gracious enough to have a great group of friends who, you know, they would share with me, which was awesome. That but, is awesome. Uh, <laughs> but as for me myself, again, there was still a part of me that was like, yeah, but I kind of want my own, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. So basically you wanted things. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Like you wanted stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily wealth that we think about today, but in your mind, stuff equaled wealth. I mean, I know that's what it was for me. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That's 100% accurate. Yes. <laughs> so then let's talk about Michael in high school and, and beyond. Like how did, how did this come about that you, you were able to get, you know, acquire some stuff, but that led you to, I'm assuming the the debt. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I mean, when I got to high school, my mom, you know, became married and we became a two income household for like the first time. And so, you know, we got to like this was crazy cool because we got to get a car that had automatic windows. And like oh, that yes. was the coolest thing. You yes. know, because it's like I don't have to <laughs> manually roll this thing down. And like, you know, it's just it was just little things like that that I was just finding joy in. And just like, wow, you know, these little bitty conveniences that I had never experienced before. It was like a whole new world opened up for me. I mean, we traveled, you know, we went on vacations every every so often and um did all these fun things. So my high school years was like, you know, in direct contrast to like early elementary days where, you know, I didn't have like the coolest shoes or anything like that. Okay. All right. So do you have anything, any questions? You oh, wanna... I, have, I have quite a yeah, lot of questions. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. I don't, I don't want to like steamroll this. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I mean, we, you definitely have a financial on task thing that you have to do with this show. And, and, and of course all that, but Michael, uh, I'm someone who, uh, I don't come from a money background and I'm kind of along on the ride with all of this with my wife uh, for Mad Money Monster. But uh, in talking, you know, it's it's always one thing for people to say, well, you know, I know uh, I know how you feel. I know where you've been and nobody's walked in anybody's shoes kind of thing. But um, the question was when it was posed, like, did you want things as a kid? And uh, dealing with that, the, the elementary and middle school years are really, really tough. And they're also formative. Exactly. Did you have uh, any type of financial discussions in the household? Like, what was your mother's attitude toward money? And, and, and what did you do about it? Like, did you have, like, even in middle school, did you have any type of after school job? And, and what was your concept of, of working and saving money, that kind of thing? Yeah, so when I got to middle school, I mean... Again, this is, you know, the, to paint the picture a little a little more clearly, I mean, there were days like I didn't have money to eat lunch at school, oh, you know, so gosh. we're yeah. talking about like, you know, real extreme poverty here. And so right. when I got to middle school, I was just like, okay, look, I've got to do something, right? And so uh, I guess I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial 
you know, kind of background because one of the things that I did when I was in middle school to earn a little cash for myself, I would uh, basically list out like all of the popular songs. I had this notebook and I would write down everything from every genre and I would go and I would download these songs on our computer and I would illegally, of course, I know that now, <laughs> but I would sell these CDs. Like I would give the note, I would pass the notebook around and people could like write down the songs they want and like make these mixed CDs for people for oh five Oh my gosh. Now wait, did you use something called Napster to do this? I did not use oh. Napster. <laughs> <laughs> Na- Napster, I- <laughs> Napster was like just like maybe two or three years before me. Okay, uh, I believe if I remember correctly, it was called LimeWire when I was oh, coming. I up. Yeah, <laughs> LimeWire. Yeah, LimeWire was also loaded with a lot of viruses. If yes, they both were. Yeah. Yes, I got in trouble oh because I got a, our computer had a virus, and my mom just knew it was me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, going back to that, I mean, you know, I, so I would sell these CDs for five bucks and I mean, I could buy 40 CDs for like three dollars, three or four dollars at the time. So I was making, I mean, really good money with this little side hustle. But again, I had no concept of like what to do with it. So for me, it was like, oh, I just I want to buy, you know, extra chips at lunch and I want to buy like, you know, just junk food and I buy my friends a couple of things and like all this just ridiculous stuff. But it felt good, right? Absolutely. I felt so, on top of the world at that point. Yeah. So and, and what were your mother's lessons on money to you, you know, this boy? Honestly, then, I, I mean, I, there were none. I mean, seriously, we just we had I can't I can't recall a single conversation regarding money that didn't either start or end with just as simple. I don't have it. So if it's not like. It's not like your mother was just blowing money frivolously. You you literally didn't you were just meeting your basic needs. That's what I'm hearing. Correct. So, you know, my yeah. mom was, you know, there were there were three of us. I mean, there was my mom and and two sisters that I have uh and, you know, their father passed away of cancer. And so, it kind of left us in this spot of like, you know, here's this single woman working at a warehouse supporting three kids and and it was tough. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I just have now as an adult raising my own family, I just have so much respect for what my mom was able to do during that time. But at yes. the time I was a kid, I just, I didn't even understand like the magnitude or the of weight course. that she must have felt, you know? Oh my gosh, exactly. Well, the, the similarities in which I wanted to just bring up, which is why it intrigues me is my mother also worked at a warehouse. She worked for Napa <laughs> and she, mm-hmm. uh, was fired from Napa for trying to organize a union. <laughs> wow. So she was a bit of a Norma Ray there. In, in, in addition to that, um, when you were saying, like my mother also, it was there was never any real discussion about money and the importance of this. That was like, we don't have it. And this is the way that it is. And when it comes time for you, you better get out there. You better get a job and you better have money. Because when it comes time for you to have a car, et cetera, you're paying for this. You're not going on our insurance and we're paying for that, that kind of talk. The reason why I'm asking these things is, is um, yours is a personal story. And for me, the personal stories are what resonate. When when I listen, like when I was reading your background and how you wiped out $61,000 worth of debt and, and the sacrifices that you made to do so, uh, that's all a personal story. Uh, people have to know that somebody out there weathered the storm and that they made it through the storm. And what I saw- And that they in, can too. And that they can yeah. too. And that's what I get out of reading your work and reading your blog 
is that, you know, you weathered one crazy storm for a long time. And I, I remember something stood out to me in reading about you was when you went on your honeymoon and you couldn't enjoy the honeymoon <laughs> because you said, here we are. I, I believe you said you were at the Florida Keys, correct? Yes. Yes. We were in the Florida Keys. And, yeah. and you, you said know, that you, know, you should you should be this was like luxurious to you. And yet you couldn't enjoy it because you didn't have the money really to be taking this honeymoon in the first place. That's all personal. You you are making something very real to someone like me, someone who doesn't sink his teeth into financial stats and and you yeah. know about VT Sachs and <laughs> you know compound interest and and all of these other and yields and all of that stuff. I'm here on this interview because your story responded to me. Again, you know what I remember the most about that time was just her coming home from work and just collapsing. I mean, she was working yeah. 12, 14 hour days. Oh, so she would God. just come home and just crash on the couch. And, you know, we would, we, as kids, we were just kind of like, like, man, this, this can't be normal, but I like, I don't know what would be normal. You it know what I mean? So we had no it other was, frame. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that, yeah. I mean, that was just everyday life for us. And then you got a stepfather. Uh, Correct. You said just right around your freshman year. Correct. Correct. And I got a stepfather in my sixth grade year. Wow. Yeah. So, so your stories are similar. Yeah, they're, they're kind of similar. And then, like you said, we it wasn't like a, a pot of money just fell into our family on the table, but there, there was a little extra. Like we never took family vacations. And I was saying, uh, even to our daughter, a, a trip out to like McDonald's was considered a once a month treat if you got that. How did, how did Michael change from the elementary and my, uh, middle school years to the high school years? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, money in my younger days, in my formative years was essentially a source of pain. You know, I just, I, we never had it. And so all my friends did, and they seemingly had these great lives. And for me, it was like, okay, we don't have it. And this just sucks. I mean, flat out, this is terrible. And so when I did get money, it was kind of like, oh, now I have the capability to do all those things and buy those things that right. other people have always had. And so that's what it turned into for me. So anytime I got money, it was gone, like almost yep. instantly. So and yeah, talk about that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep Finish your uh, thought there. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear like how you went from, you know, LimeWire first first side hustle, I'm assuming, <laughs> mm -hmm, or I mm -hmm. guess first hustle since it wasn't on the side of anything <laughs> to, to the debt. How did that, how did that transpire? How did that, how did that go? Well, yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, it was kind of a thing where every time I had money, I spent it. I wasn't saving anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there came a time where you know, I got a credit card and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just use this in case of emergency. I never used the credit card. I really did. And I didn't I, I was always mindful that, you know, this is specifically for emergencies. So it was just always Better there for that. <laughs> but the thing about it was when you play with fire, eventually you get burned. And yes. so I was on a road trip. I was 23 hours away from home and my car broke down. And I was like, I don't have any money, but I have this credit card. Yep. And so it was, the bill was a few, it was, it was just short of a thousand dollars, this bill wow. for the car wow. repair. And, and, and the guy like totally ripped me off because I told him like, I'm from Texas and you know, I need to get home and like, it's a Saturday and everything's closed and blah, blah, blah. And so he like totally ripped me off. But you know, it was one of those things where again, 
I felt like I was doing the right thing because, hey, I was prepared for this. I had a credit card. Right. Well, the problem with that was I didn't actually have the money to pay it off. Yeah. Right. And so that balance but, just kind but of But in that, in that instance, that, that was a true emergency. Absolutely. Right. So, Absolutely. I mean, you had no other choice. You had to use that credit card. But was it kind of like the seal is broken? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what happened. And so, you know, not so from that point, not only, you know, so that was the first time I ever swiped my credit card. And mm -hmm. I had had the thing for like a year. Right. But, you know, from that point, it was like, OK, anytime there was something that maybe it was an emergency, but it was kind of like, oh, I want this and it's on sale. So, like, I kind of feel like it's an emergency. So <laughs> Right. And yeah. So, <laughs> you only have 48 hours to get it. Right. <laughs> right. So it was kind of one of those things. Um, and that, you know, and then I got into a relationship with my now wife. And so then, you know, we moved, we've got a place together. And it was like, by that time, I, you know, I had fully transitioned into my career. And, you know, I was making, you know, pretty decent money. I was making a, a decent middle class salary. And okay. so, you know, we were furnishing the place. And so we would like save up this money. Actually, we would actually save money to like go buy a TV. Mm -hmm. And we would get into the store and they'd be like, hey, you know, you don't have to use your money. Why don't you just get one of these, you know, sign zero percent yeah. cards? Yeah, sign up for the store credit as long card. as you, yeah. yeah. And it was like, as long as you pay it off in eighteen months, you won't pay any right. interest. You have the money. I'm like, and then you keep your cash, right? Exactly. So I would be like, oh, that sounds great, and I was a total sucker. So I did it, and uh, so then you're not alone. Would, trust right. me. So I would have, I would have like a thousand bucks in my pocket. Walk into Best Buy, get a card buy a TV. And instead of using the cash to just pay it off instantly, I would just hold on to the cash like, oh, well. Yep. <laughs> and then and then six months later, I would go do it again and again and again right. until right. one day uh, on our honeymoon, we realized we had about $20,000 in just credit card debt. Oh. Wow. Okay. And how many years did that take to amass? Yeah. So I think the, the car repair incident was in 2011. Okay. And our honeymoon was October 2014. So okay. this is roughly three years. Okay. Yep. So 20,000 in three years? Yes. And then where was the rest of the 40,000, the 41,000, I guess? All cars. Oh, wow. Cars. Car. What kind of cars again, were you driving? Because, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I got, again, I had a great job. I got a great job. I'm like, I can't drive this old beater up to this good job that I've not. got. So, right. you know, I got to impress my new coworker. So I went out, uh, the, like, I got a job working for Coca-Cola in sales in June of 2013. With my second paycheck, I went and bought a 2013 Chevy Malibu fully loaded. Wow. Right? So, yeah. And so I did that. And and then, you know, my wife had, had bought just a few months prior to that. She had bought a 2012 Ford Focus brand new. Okay. And so we had these like brand new cars and we thought we were just big shots and these great, you know, grown up adults, because that's what you do when you get a good job. You buy a car. Yeah, that is absolutely true. <laughs> that is absolutely that is, that did, is like the that first thing well that most people do, I think. Yes, I did it as well. Yeah. Yep. Your your good job, basically living a normal life, right? Good job, Absolutely. nice car, getting you furnishing your your home. So just little by little, it sounds like things were adding up. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, by that time, yeah. You know, I you know by that time, by the time we got married, I mean, I had, I was, I felt like I was doing 
okay. You know, I was, Mm -hmm. I was paying all my bills on time. You know, I was never late on anything. We always had just a little bit extra to do something fun with. And so it was just kind of like, Hey, we have this great life. Yeah, sure. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you're hemorrhaging and you don't even realize it. You know, it's just a small, it's a small break and you know, it's not enough to make you feel sick or anything like that. Like you said, you're, you're making your payments, but when you were seeing these payments coming in, was there ever a moment like you sit down on on a Sunday and you were looking at your deck going, wow, we really, we really got to pay some of this down, even though you were, you were making minimum payments probably or a little bit more than that. Did that ever come up? Absolutely not. <laughs> we, so I was totally content yeah, okay. with making minimum payments. I was just, again, I was, nobody had ever taught me how this game right. works. Yep. I mean, right. I'm, I'm first generation here, so I'm kind of figuring yes. this thing out. And so we are too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm paying you guys every month. You should be mm-hmm. happy. And you felt like you made it right. You made Absolutely. it. You're successful. You, you made it. You brought yourself out of poverty and now you are living a good life. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us about your honeymoon. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, you know, as any great and wonderful, spectacular husband would do, I wanted my wife to have just the wedding and the honeymoon of her dreams. Right. And so we, I booked, uh, you know, a few nights down in the Florida Keys in an oceanfront room. I mean, it was just amazing. Like we could just walk right down and be right on the ocean. It was beautiful. And, but the problem was, again, we were living check to check. So like, I couldn't really afford it. And I just remember being in like all these great restaurants, because once I told her we were going to the Florida Keys, you know, she starts looking up like, oh, what are the best places to eat? And like, what all can we do? And like, what, you know, and so she's like, she's going there with all these plans. And yes. I'm going there thinking we still have rent next month, woman. Like, I just like, you know. Because at the kind time, of... you didn't realize you couldn't really afford it. Is that right? Right. Again, okay. that, yeah. that was the first time I ever just felt like uncomfortable, you know. Okay. And yep. I, it was like, I just remember, you know, we would be in restaurants and, you know, we they bring us the menu and like, you know, I'd kind of be like, hey, you know, that, that salad looks good. And she'd be like, <laughs> I think I'm going to get the steak. I'm like, I really thought you would like the $8 salad. You know what I mean? Like you always the chicken get sandwich. Salad. That's always good too, right? Yeah. Like, That's what you know, I'd be like, she'd be like, you want to have a drink? It's our honeymoon. I'm like, nah, I really should drink water. It's really hot in Florida. You know, I got to stay hydrated. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm doing little things like that to kind of keep the peace, but also save money. Right. Yes. Well, well, in in going in that vein right there, how did you pay for your wedding? I mean, did you know that as well too? Was it an expensive wedding? And and budget wise, you you must have known or maybe ignored uh, the issues that were that were there with that. Is anything along that line? No. So, man, I'm so grateful for my in laws because they actually cut. So what we did was we had a wedding, and then six months later we had the reception, and they okay. told. They told us, hey, we'll pay for your wedding, but the reception and all the extra stuff, that that's on you guys. And so we tried to give ourselves a little time to save up for the uh, the uh, the reception there. And so they pretty much covered the wedding and we used their church that they were members at. Okay, so that nice. was that cost was covered. Right. Uh, and we didn't do like expensive flowers or anything like that. Right. I think the, 
you know, the, I think the whole thing was just maybe like a couple grand. And I yeah. think I paid, I paid for a videographer because they paid for a photographer. And I was like, I kind of want video of this thing too. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so that was it. I mean, I, I came out of pocket for a videographer, but they covered everything else. And again, I think, I think the whole thing was less than maybe th three or four grand. Yeah. So you did it right for the wedding. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that made you probably even a little, it's more of that uh, camouflage where you think, yeah, we're doing fine, right? You can yes. you can spend a little bit more on that honeymoon <laughs> because of all you saved on that wedding. Yeah, let's it, get back to the keys it, and those exactly. restaurants. Let's go do that. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> so, so here's the turning point in the story. So we go, we're supposed, the whole reason we go to the Florida Keys, we have always, we'd always wanted to go snorkeling. Like mm -hmm. that was a big deal for us. And so we were like, okay, we're going to go snorkeling. So we get to the place. And the guy's like, hey, there's, you know, a potential storm. So we've got to rush on the boat. And so we get on the boat. He takes us out in the water. There's another couple on the boat with us. The couple actually gets off the boat, gets in the water. As my wife is stepping down the ladder, the guy goes, nope, you've got to get back on the boat. The storm is coming like right now. Oh. And so by the time we make it back, I mean, it is just a torrential downpour. Like mm. I, I've never, I've still never seen rain like this. And so I not, live in Houston. Right? Not the <laughs> so, snorkeling trip of your dreams there. <laughs> it was not, it was not. And so, you know, we get back and the guy's like, okay, you know, he's like, how, how much long, you know, how long are you guys still here for? And we were like, oh, you know, we'll be here like three more days. He goes, well, how about I do this? How about I just give you guys a voucher and you can come back on your trip? And I was like, nah, I think we'll take a refund. <laughs> and, oh, no. <laughs> and, and my wife's like, no, we'll take a voucher. And I'm like, refund. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, refund. And remember, it is like pouring down rain. So we're having this voucher, refund, voucher, refund conversation, right? <laughs> and so we get, the, I get the refund and we make it back to our resort. And again, we're at this beautiful beach park property with this awesome balcony. And we are having our first money discussion uh, on our balcony on our honeymoon at this wow. beautiful beach park property. But it's a torrential downpour at this time, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like a perfect, you're all into this conversation. Yeah, it's, like It's it's literally like a, a scene of a romantic comedy. I, every time I tell this story and I visual, I'm like, man, that, that's so unreal. Like, it's... <laughs> that is a great story. So that that's okay. So tell us, tell us the conversation. How, how did you say this is it? We've got to change things. So, yeah, I mean, it was at that point that I just I just had to come clean and I had to confess and say, hey, listen, you know, I get that this was supposed to be, you know, this level of experience for you, but we can't afford to do all this. When we get home, we have bills, we have credit cards, we have car payments, we have all these things we have to pay for. And I just remember feeling like a failure, you know, as mm -hmm. a husband, um, as a I mean, it was just kind of like, man, I, I really hated to let her down in that moment and on our honeymoon, no less. Like any other vacation we'd taken, I would have taken it on the chin and moved forward. It would have been fine. But like on our honeymoon, like I was just like, I felt like, I mean, two yeah. inches tall, you know? Yeah. And so, so it was then, go ahead. It was then that I was just like, 
I never want to feel this feeling again, but I didn't know like what to do. And so from there, you know, once we got home from the honeymoon, I just started like reading all these blogs and reading all these books on personal finance and just like immersed myself in everything personal finance. Okay. It's interesting if we can halt here for a second. Now, most people, not most, but there are a number of people that would just continue to forge forward into the debt funnel and they'll figure it out someday. But hey, also the attitude you only live once. The fact that you go back, grab yourself by the bootstraps and decide to educate yourself on on financial or fiscal responsibility, what made you turn to that venue for for help and self-help. I mean, that's that's a very interesting uh, solution to this problem where most people do not usually follow that path. So so how did you do that? What made you do that? You know, I honestly, thinking about it right now, I really believe that it was a lot of ego. Um, and that sounds weird to say, but I, I just, I never wanted to feel that feeling again. Like I never, mm. ever wanted my wife to, 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 to talk to me like she talked to me about money, you know? And it was just like, that was the point where I was just like, you know what? We make too much money to be having conversations like this Mm, and something's going to change. If I have to do it myself, we're not going to live like this anymore. This is not how we're going to live our lives. And so that was the start of it. And, um, she was, you know, she was on board when we were there, but then when I started reading all these blogs and they were like, uh, you know, you should cut this out and you shouldn't do this and you should not do this. She was kind of like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that it was like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that, isn't there? Now, so- would you say, would you, and and I know you have to be very careful in your, your answer here, um, but would you say that she was not really rising to the the gravity of the situation here and realizing what what the situation really was. Yeah. It sounds like I'm sorry. Absolutely. That's absolutely the case. And, and, you know, to be fair, I don't think I understood the gravity of it either. I just knew what I didn't want to feel right. Like I didn't, I didn't understand the financial impact of being in so much debt and not investing and all those things that we talk about as personal finance people in my early twenties. Like I didn't understand that. I just knew like, I don't want to feel this way. That's an interesting point because it really is about emotion, isn't it? A lot of this does come down to how we feel and emotion. I mean, look, it sounds like, you know, your childhood, it's the way you felt about money. It kind of led you to that in the first place. And now that awful feeling is leading you out of it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, because, you know, I was sitting there thinking about like, man, I didn't even need this TV. Like, you know, the car that I had, it worked just fine. Like it was still drivable. I didn't need to get a new car. And so like all the things that I wanted, I realized like as much joy as it gave me the moment I bought it, it was causing me so much pain right now in this moment because I didn't do buy those things the right way. And this is why I was saying before the personal angle is so important for anybody listening right now. You can throw, it's kind of like, um, somebody who's smoking and you can tell them, you can show them all the statistical data on cancer rates and emphysema and how it'll cut your lifespan in half, blah, blah, blah. And somebody will still go, yeah, but I'm going to smoke and that's what I'm going to do. So, but a personal story, but a personal story, like what you've just told, 
Yeah. And and that feeling, like you said, that you you felt like a failure. You felt two inches tall and and you just knew that it couldn't go on this way. And and really that storm was kind of an interesting metaphor because that was the storm coming home and hitting you. The financial storm down in the keys was really the storm that came that that brought everything to a head. And that storm hit literally and figuratively in your lives. And that to me is is far more important and resonates far stronger with me than somebody who just spouts out statistics all the time says, well, you by this age you should have X and you shouldn't have this much debt and blah, 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 blah. I mean, blah. there's a place for that. It all it sure. all depends what resonates with you and what you respond to. So, you know, getting back to your um your debt, I guess, strategy, when you were diving into those blogs and those I don't know if they're podcasts you were listening to or, you know, the internet, all the internet, you know, financial stuff. Was there anyone, um, I don't know, any one blog or any, any one person that really you connected with or any strategy that you grabbed a hold of? Like what, how did you choose, I guess, what you were going to use to attack your debt? Yeah. So, I mean, as you know, there are, (laughs) everybody has a voice and everybody has an opinion and everybody has a strategy. Right. So what I did was I just compiled it all. I mean, I I looked at, okay, we've got this camp that's saying I should organize my debts from the smallest balance to the largest balance. And then this side saying the highest interest rate to lowest interest rate. And I was looking at our situation and we got to a point, like, for example, where, you know, we would have two debts that were similar. Like, let's say there's one that was, you know, a thousand dollars on a credit card and another was like twelve hundred dollars on a credit card. But the one that was a thousand had an interest rate of like twenty five and the one that was twelve (laughs) hundred was like ten. And it was like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> if I go the snowball route, I'm costing myself so much money on this one. And so I'm going to flip it. And so right. I did what, I mean, I just kind of combined the two into a, what I call the a debt hybrid method where, you know, I was using the snowball, but if it came time to really kind of look at it and make a choice, I, you know, I went with what made the most sense to us at the time. Right. Right. So what did you, did you have to cut things? Like how did you, and your wife, she finally did get on board, correct? She, she had to, if you did it in 16 months, right? Yeah, she did. She did. And, and it was tough because, you know, and part of that was on me because again, I came back and my ego was bruised and I just turned into this maniac and I was like, okay, you're not getting your hair done. We're not going out to eat. We're not going on any more trips and you're not getting your nails done. And that's that. <laughs> and she's and like, she and was there's like, the door. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, the ink's not dry yet, sir. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was me just, kind of, again, coming from that place of hurt and and not really wanting to be reasonable with her. And she resisted me early on. And so it wasn't until I had a con- until I had to take a step back and go, OK, let's talk about this, you know, and, and in that conversation, I just shared, look, this gives me massive anxiety having this debt over my head. Mm. It makes me feel like a failure of a husband. And this is just, this is how I'm feeling. Like this is what this situation makes me feel like. And my wife is very helpful. She will give everybody the shirt off her back. Mm -hmm. And so her hearing that really kind of sprung her into action. and, And she was like, okay, well, what can I do to help you not feel like this? And it was like, I would really appreciate it if you would join me in this journey. 
and we can we can compromise okay so maybe you know maybe maybe you don't you know just not ever get your nails done but instead of going weekly how about like once a month or once every three weeks or something like that and so we found these little compromises that worked and you know that's kind of what got her on board and then when she started seeing the progress she was just like oh yeah this is this is gonna work i like this oh, and so oh yeah because um, <laughs> that's a so, good feeling that's yeah a good and, feeling. and it didn't take long from that conversation i mean we're talking a month maybe to maybe two months right. um because we had you know we had some smaller debts early on and so as we paid off like two things in that first month it was like whoa I, we right. can really do this. like, okay, let's, let's keep going. Like, let's see, you know, and then it became a game. Like how fast can we do it? And we would do little things like how much money can we throw at it? And so we, we did little things like cut our cable. Uh, we sold stuff around the house that we didn't need. And like, we just, I mean, we were just so focused on like finding extra money to throw at our debt that, I mean, it's no wonder that we paid it off in 16 months. But I think the biggest thing we did was, so we got married and when we came home, we had rented a three bedroom house for just the two of us, right? That talk mm -hmm. about, I mean, it, crazy. <laughs> and like, we had no plans to have kids for years and we rent a three bedroom house. So, right, right. But, but, you know, one that so that was another thing we did. I would say maybe a year into the 16 months, we moved out of that house into a tiny, 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 tiny apartment. And that saved us a few hundred dollars a month. And we put that towards debt as well. So we made all these lifestyle changes from, you know, not getting hair and nails done, not eating out as much, definitely no travel, moving, selling stuff we didn't need. I mean, just all these little things. But in addition to that, we were like hyper optimizing our budget from our from our normal w-2 incomes and we were cutting back on our expenses and so then we were putting our w-2 income on top of all the extra stuff we were doing as well right so you really were in overdrive attacking this debt everything was on the table no holds barred kind of situation yeah for sure absolutely so did you have did your did your friends and family know did you let them in on this or or did you kind of keep it under wraps um most did, you know, a, a lot of them did. And some people were respectful. Some people thought it was really weird. They were like, you know, you're in your twenties. Like, they, you know, we're, we're still going out to eat. You guys cannot come or whatever. We're still going. <laughs> right. And so, right. you know, but people didn't like antagonize us. Like, but I think, I think after a few months, I think a few people thought like we were going through like a financial hardship, like we were like really, really broke or like, like bankruptcy <laughs> or something. Because okay. then after a few months, people just stopped asking. Like they were just, <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get invited to places. You were making them uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because anytime, you know, anytime if we did go out somewhere, like let's say it was a birthday or something like that, and we just wanted to celebrate with people, you know, we would like share a meal and, and like get water or something, you know, and, and it was just kind of like, man, don't make us feel bad during somebody's birthday celebration. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I must say, like when you go out to eat, those portions are so large, you really can share a meal with no problems, right? You really can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so let's see. Okay. Did you have any cheerleaders along, along the way? Um, each other. Oh, wow. That's, that's great. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that my wife decided to, to join me on this journey and I didn't have to drag her across the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and, and let's I'm, face I'm it in all I'm seriousness, kidding, it right? could have ended badly. 
No, know. it could have. It could have. But in all seriousness, I, I, I am so glad that she decided to join me because even though this was my idea and I was super motivated in the beginning, there were times where, you know, I was just like, man, I really don't want to do this. Like, I really I just want to go to Chick-fil-A. Like, can I right. just can I, can I just do that? You know, because 16 months, it's That's a relatively a long, sh- yeah. it's a relatively short amount of time in comparison to other stories. But it is still a, a long time when you're in it. You know? I agree. But it is a long time. The, the key word is relative. Yeah, it's it, look sixty one thousand dollars in debt in sixteen months. That sounds like lightning speed, but living sixteen months and at that like extreme pace, I'm sure was a drag at times. Yeah, absolutely. And and not to mention, you know, ten months. So ten months into our sixteen months, I actually lost my job. Um, oh. I got a I got a call, and was told that. You know, they were going to eliminate my position. And you talk about just feeling like, man, why were we doing all this? Like this, this just feels like a complete waste of time now. Um, And so my wife at the time really stepped up and was encouraged. Like she was like my biggest cheerleader during that time. And she was like, you know, you're going to find the right thing. You you know, you're going to be in the perfect position. You're going to be in a great environment. You're going to make good money. All these things. She would just encourage me every single day. And it got to the point where I actually started believing it. And so, (laughs) but during that time, you know, it was, it was really tough and, but I didn't want us to lose momentum during that. And so what I did was I started working for a food delivery company and I was like hustling like crazy. So I would be like delivering somebody's McDonald's, but also having an interview at two o'clock and having to go home, like throw on a suit real quick and like, you know, go interview for this, that you know, is class job. yeah, wow. I, I, I just, you know, because of, because of her constant encouragement, it, it motivated me to not just lay around and sulk and give up on yeah. our journey because it was like, okay, if she's still committed to this thing, then I'm still committed to it. And yes. let's just make it happen. And you know what you said that happened at 10 months in? Yes. I mean, imagine that happening at the very beginning. I mean, thank goodness you made great strides up until that point, or you would have really been in a panic. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful for that, that it yeah. happened when it did. Do you think there's, is there ever a chance that this could happen to you again? No, no, and, I can't. Okay. And, and, and here's why, because we've, we've outside of like, a, again, a major, major emergency where, you know, something crazy happens, but right. we have done a really good job of putting such space in between us and life now with our emergency fund and the way we've invested since we've become debt free. We have such a good cash reserve that if I were to lose my job or if both of us lost our jobs today, you know, our emergency fund sits at nine months. Mm-hmm. And so, and then not only that, we have index funds that, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, that we could tap into later and we have right. like all these other resources that we could tap into. And so I, I really don't see a need for us having to go into debt. And and I'll kind of give you a quick story on that. I mean, when, so I live in Houston and when Hurricane Harvey happened, we actually lost a car. And I remember like we left and were in a hotel for a week and like we never once had to worry about money. Like we never once thought mm-hmm. we're going to have to put this on our credit card, you know, and right. not only that, but when we left where we were, when we evacuated, we got to come back with supplies and food and all these other things for our neighbors who didn't have anything because everything was sold out or flooded and all that. So we got to be a blessing in that time instead of just worrying about ourselves and worrying about our money and our stuff and all that. And then not only that, but we actually went out when we got home because we had lost the car. 
we went and bought a two-year-old car, a two-year-old SUV with cash. Again, it, it, there's just such a buffer between us and and life now with you know the 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 cash flow that we have. Mm-hmm. I, I just it, it would if if we did that like I don't I'm just speech like I don't even know what to say like I, it would right. just be it like we just bumped our heads one day and I don't know something crazy. <laughs> it sounds know. like aside from you know your successes financially and the reserves and investments that you have now it, it's even more than that like you've changed who you are in relation to money and you've changed your mindset so I I can't I can't fathom that could happen to you to you again. I'd even go further to say that it wasn't even changing a mindset. You actually formed the mindset That's because true. really what you're saying is kind of you were a blank slate before all of this financially. Yes, absolutely. That's 100%. You said that better than I've ever heard it. That's awesome. <laughs> he doesn't say much, but when he does. <laughs> so do you have any any um, encouraging words or any advice for someone else who might be in a similar situation? It's It's going to be fine. The best thing you can do is sit down and lay everything on the table and see where you stand. And it may, you know, it may be scary in the beginning to even think of doing that because you feel like you're living check to check and, you know, you feel all this weight and this, all this overwhelm. But in my coaching experience, what I found is a lot of people, once we sit down and we lay out the income and we lay out the expenses and we go through the necessities first, there's a lot of wiggle room from the necessities before we get to the things that they're buying that they don't actually need. Mm. And so that would be my first thing is just sit down, lay everything out and just find a starting place. Mm -hmm. And then once you find that starting place, find a plan that works for you. It may be the debt snowball. It may be the debt avalanche, maybe the debt hybrid, but just take things one thing at a time. Don't focus on trying to, you know, master your budget, you know, pay off all your debt and invest and save and do all these things that you hear everybody saying. Don't focus on all that at one time. Just take it step by step by step by step and everything will eventually be okay. Wow, that's great. That sounds I, I agree with you. I mean, first you have to face it. And then, like you said, step by step. So um, what does the future look like for your family? Early retirement or just a rich life full of possibilities? The thing I, I go back and forth on early retirement. There are some days where I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be done. <laughs> and then there are <laughs> other days where I'm just like, Nah, I, I I like, you know, doing what I'm doing. I like working and, and all that. So I'm back and forth on that. But what I will say is we have options and we will always give ourselves options. And that's what we're aiming for. It's just a life full of options. If my wife wants to come home and stay with our daughter, she can do that. If, you know, I do get tired of sales one day and want to just be a financial coach and blogger and podcaster and all that stuff, then I could be able to do that. And so just having options, I think that's, that's what our goal is, just creating options for ourselves. Um, so, Michael, uh, where can people find you if they want to uh, reach out or follow along or need some guidance? Yeah, so I am at Winning to Wealth. That's W I N N I N G T O W E A L T H dot com. I'm also at Winning to Wealth on all social media channels. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, you name it. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> anything new on the horizon as far as projects or anything you're working on you'd like to? tell our audience about? 
Yeah, so I'm actually launching my very own podcast November 6, 2019. It'll be called The Wealthy Neighbor Show. Uh, I do have an online financial course uh, that we will be reopening for enrollment in January of 2020. And so those are two of the biggest projects that I have that I'm working on right now is, is you know, launching the podcast and, again, you know, updating the course with new and fresh information and uh, reopening that for anybody who wants to participate. Wonderful. And I can link to those in the show notes. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. And we really, really enjoyed your story and you were a bunch of fun. Absolutely. So. <laughs> I, I, again, from someone who uh, has been there, uh, it's just really great to hear this story and, and hear the personal angle, which just makes all those uh, gaps filled in. And, and so thank you for, for sharing all of this and, and most of all, giving a, a ray of hope out there to people listening. Yep. Thank you guys so much for having me. I don't take this opportunity lightly when people share their platforms with me. So I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share. And I wish you guys all the best. And I mean, I love you guys' show. So keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. See Our ya. best to you and your wife. Have a great cruise, Mike. Yes. <laughs> thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. If you're finding yourself in a situation with debt where you feel overwhelmed and maybe some of the traditional uh, internet solutions like the debt snowball and the debt avalanche just aren't working for you, there's no harm at all um, or shame for that matter um, in talking to a professional to, to talk about some professional solutions. So you could do that by heading over to debt.com um, or also by calling their toll-free number at one 213 9902. And just a reminder, this episode uh, featuring Michael Lacey at Winning to Wealth was brought to you by Debt.com. Uh, head on over to iTunes and give us a like and a review. And if you want to read our blog, it's MadMoneyMonster.com. And we are all over social media at MadMoneyMonster. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at TheMadMoneyMonster at gmail.com.